Well, it's a bad day for banks. If you're in the US or Italy, Moody's has downgraded some mid-sized US banks, while the Italian government is introducing a windfall tax on their banks. Meanwhile, the China slowdown continues. Their exports and imports well down last month, and we expect to see deflation in their CPI numbers today. And Australia, resilience is the word, but as far as the RBA is concerned, isn't that a bad thing? It's Wednesday, the 9th of August, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, quite a rise in the US dollar. It's up half a percent on the DXY. That's pushed the Aussie dollar down half a percent to 65.4 US cents. The euro down 0.4%. The pound down 0.3%. The US dollar is up, though, 0.7% on the Japanese yen. And shares are down at close 0.4% off the Dow and the S&P, 0.8% off the Nasdaq, a 1.1% drop in the Eurostox 50, the same for the DAX, and bond yields reversing yesterday's gains. 10-year treasuries down 7 basis points. German bunds down 13. In fact, much of Europe down 13 or 14 basis points for 10 years. Aussie 10-year yields were down 18 yesterday to 4.01% and around that on futures this morning as well. And oil down yesterday, up today. Brent is up 0.9%. WTI is up 1.2%. Uh, NAB's Taylor Nugent joins us uh, from Melbourne, this morning back from his holidays i mean it's, it seems simple this morning taylor whatever was up yesterday is down today and vice versa but let's try and explain away that uh, that falling share market in the u.s first of all uh, a lot of the bigger falls have been banks so jp morgan's down one percent but look at bank of america down two and a half percent and moody's has downgraded its ratings for some lenders not the bigger banks the sort of the smaller and mid-sized banks but it seems to have had contagion across the, uh, the the whole financial sector. In fact, across the, uh, the the share market generally. Yeah. Good. Good morning, Phil. Certainly a, a bit of a, a negative session for for risk appetite, and there's really kind of three uh, big factors that have have played into that, and all kind of layering on top of each other. Kind of it started yesterday with the the Chinese trade data, which came in a little softer than expected, which I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about yeah. soon. And then, as you mentioned, there on the banking side in in Europe yesterday, European bank were down on the back of some news out of Italy that there was a, a windfall profit tax um, announced on, on European banks. And so we saw banks in the, the Eurostock 600 bank index down 2.7% and, and led by, by Italy. But didn't that, that sort of came out of nowhere, didn't it? I mean, this, you know, it is a one-off 40% tax. It's been approved, so it's going ahead. Uh, but I mean, I didn't have any, didn't read anything about it in advance. Did you? I, I did not. Um, and certainly, if you look at the the reaction in in banking stocks as well, it does seem to have been a, a bit of a surprise. And so then, and then, as you mentioned, there Moody's as well moving on to kind of that that US focus as well. So ten small and mid sized yeah. banks there were downgraded. A couple of slightly larger banks put on a, a negative watch and and concerns there about. Um, you know, insufficient capital and, and rising risk tied to commercial real estate and, and higher funding costs. So, you know, themes that we've heard before, but just kind of re, mm. refocusing on those those concerns in, in the banking sector. And then um, the KPW bank index in the US down 2.6 as well, and certainly leading those declines in, um, in equities more broadly um, and spilling over into a bit of um, risk uh, weaker risk appetite more generally and, and coming through in that, that well, stronger US dollar that we've seen. It just adds to the nervousness that we saw after Silicon Valley and so forth, doesn't it, really? That, you know, the, the question is going to be asked, is the same thing going to happen again? Perhaps in a, in a different way, but fundamentally, it's the same issue, isn't it? Rising costs. 
Yeah, yeah. So those those kind of concerns about the the credit channel as well, kind of the how is how this is going to translate through to the real economy, and so just those those concerns that maybe we're not completely out of the woods for for the banking sector um, that kind of had been muddling through for the last little while, and and this news just kind of refocusing that those some of those risks are still there, um, and and maybe that could be an impact going forward. Right. Well, it feels like a full frontal attack on banks today, doesn't it? Because in the US- Yes, we've got that uh, that change to the to the credit ratings from uh, from Moody's, and then Italy, as we said, you know this windfall tax on banks. Which uh, I mean, you wonder about this. So you've got to, the money they say is going to be used. This forty percent one off tax is going to be used to support mortgage holders and to cut taxes. Both of which, I mean, you could argue will be inflationary. So I wonder how the ECB is going to see all of this. But anyway, uh, we'll watch that unfold. Meanwhile, the Chinese trade data is out much worse than expected. Imports year on year for July are down 12.4%. They were down just 6.8% uh, in June for the year. So it must have been a really bad July. Yeah, so softness on both the export side and the, the import side there, and both weaker than expected as well. So exports down 14.5%. Expectations were for a 12.4% decline. And so suggestive there that that external sector that had been a real lifeline for the Chinese economy through that lockdown period with that strength of demand for, for Chinese exports is waning with that cooling in in global demand. A lot of that weakness is coming through in in prices, not just volumes, but it does certainly suggest that 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 kind of external demand backdrop that China is facing into is softening. But yeah, more importantly, probably, or or a bigger surprise certainly is what you mentioned there on the import side, down 12.4%. That's the um, fifth consecutive monthly fall in, in imports as well. And what it suggests is that, that that domestic demands piece of the puzzle is still very soft and indeed continuing to, to weaken even into July. And so hopes there are that the, the kind of the slower rollout of, of policy support. We've seen announcements of support for demand for, for housing and electric cars and a few other things. Hopefully that should kind of put a bit of a floor under this softening in, in Chinese domestic demand and see a bit of a recovery through the second half. But certainly concerns out of this data are that that weakness is extending in into July. And so we'll be looking, we've got um, mm. inflation data coming up today for China and then next week um, July reads on domestic activity as well which will be in focus and just the the extent that this softness in the domestic band demands piece continues to be sluggish into the second half of the year is is adding to concerns that China won't be able to you know reach that growth target that they've put out and this slump may be a bit more persistent than earlier thought yeah well particularly if you know you add deflation into the equation which is you know what we uh, could well happen with that inflation data today doesn't it you know if you've got an economy which is slowing and prices are falling the opposite problem to the rest of the world I mean, there has to be some sort of fiscal intervention. We're still waiting for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's there's been a few announcements of, of kind of small policies, not the kind of big bang that, you know, some were hoping for months ago. Um, but certainly, you know, now it's at that kind of follow through stage of whether yeah. that is going to, to come yeah. through. So also the Aussie dollar. So you would have thought with that Chinese trade data, uh, you know, we saw the Aussie down half percent, but, you know, that's against a half percent rise in the US dollar with that Chinese data. I mean, that could have been worse, couldn't it? Yeah, certainly during the, the Asian session, the, the Aussie and the, the Kiwi as well were some of the, the weaker performers amongst the, the G10 currencies. We did have the the CNH pushing, the USD CNH pushing up above 723 and, and down and the remember losing around a quarter percent on, on the day. Um, but, you know, as we kind of 
of move through that that Asian session where we did see the Aussie kind of touch a low of, of 64.97. It did recover a little bit. Um, and then against that picture of kind of broader US dollar weakness, as you say, Aussie kind of around the middle of the, the G10 pack against that broadly stronger dollar. Well, I wonder if we're just not as responsive to uh, the China situation now, perhaps. Perhaps it's decoupling starting to have an influence. I mean, if, if you look also at the trade data that we had, uh, so, you know, we had that big fall in, uh, in, in China's imports and exports. But if you look at the situation for the US and Canada, really not any big changes. So you would have thought perhaps we'd see uh, the, the fall in, in imports reflected in a fall in exports from the US and the, the other way around, but we're not really seeing that. So is that another example of decoupling? I don't know. It's, it's not something to discuss now, but maybe something we could look at in one of our weekend editions of the uh, the morning call, perhaps. Let's uh, get close to home. Let's look at the NAB business survey. And in a word, the word is resilient again. And the number that Sky said that we should be looking out for uh, in yesterday's uh, podcast, capacity utilisation, because if that's slipping, then we know demand is falling, but it picked up. So demand is there. And that's obviously uh, putting pressure on prices too as well. So, I mean, this is probably not what the RBA wants to see. Yeah, certainly certainly resilience is, is the right word for, for the survey. So conditions holding up well at, at plus 10 from, from plus 11 in, in June and well above the, the survey average, all of the key components there, trading, profitability, employment, all uh, steady in, in the month and all above their, their long run average as well. And so, you know, reflective that that kind of momentum is there and we haven't seen that kind of kind of another leg lower in in business conditions over the last few months it's been it's been reasonably steady at reasonably elevated levels um, elsewhere in the survey as well what's interesting is we saw a, a big spike in capacity uh, a, a bit of a bounce back in, in capacity capacity utilization up at 84 and a half is reflective of a you know a very very tight um, capacity constraints in in the economy and suggestive that there is still that that pressure between demands butting up against supply capacity for many businesses out there um, and also interesting the other the other point that uh, that sky uh, flagged that we should be looking for is those pricing indicators in the survey so this is the the July survey so it is that month that captures you know both the, the increased incidence of, of wage increases across that new financial year and that includes the award wages as well and you know that was a large award wage increase this year and we did see labor costs spike higher in in the survey as well from from 2.3 percent at a quarterly rate up to 3.7 percent so a, a very very sharp increase in in labor costs there um, and we also saw some evidence of that spilling over into um, broader prices as well so final prices mm. in the survey also increased from from one percent to two percent so a, a very big increase there um, and certainly some something to watch and you know what that says is that you know we saw some um, helpful signs that you know we were seeing disinflation um, in the the q2 cpi data still a long way to go and certainly still a lot of pressures evident across that services side of the economy in, in that data as well but it was clearly enough for the rba to kind of hold some hope that they have done enough i think what this survey says is that even though the rba is characterizing the risks around their inflation outlook now as a bit more balanced there's still there's still risks on on the upside mm. to inflation they're coming through and so um, as we move through the third quarter, I think those those cost pressures from those higher wage costs going through into into broader price pressures and also those increases coming through from, from purchase costs, which could be kind of reflective of higher energy costs and some other things that we know are coming through in the third quarter, um, certainly one to watch. 
So it's flagging concerns, that's what you're saying, basically, isn't it? We're definitely not out of the woods yet. Uh, In the US, that land of the soft landing, supposedly the uh, NFIB small business survey, a small improvement in business sentiment, small business sentiment, still very low, of course, Uh, but only 25% of businesses reporting higher selling prices, which actually is the smallest percentage since early 2021. So there is hope that maybe price, you know, just another example uh, that prices are starting to ease in the US. Yeah, yeah, that that twenty five percent, net twenty five percent of firms reporting higher selling prices. That was the key for for me as well. So that was down four points from from the previous survey, and certainly encouraging that there is some kind of continued progress on on disinflation coming through in in, in the US. Um, and that NFIB survey, you know, certainly certainly a. a a good addition to that that kind of broader data picture that, that Fed officials are watching. And we did have a couple of other Fed speakers out suggesting that they they were kind of ready to give the data a chance to tell them that they could be done. We heard from President Harker overnight saying that he believed the Fed might be at the point where we can be patient and hold rates steady um, and then let the monetary policy actions that we've done that we've taken do their work. And so, you know, still very much data dependent, but certainly open to the case that the Fed doesn't need to deliver on that extra hike that was implicit in their their most recent dot plot. Um, But still, of course, suggesting that rates will have to be held in restrictive territory for some time. Right. But there may be no more. I mean, it it all depends on the data, of course, as it always has. Uh, So not much today, but the the 10-year bond auction for Treasuries tonight and 30 years tomorrow, we had a a lot of demand for the uh, three-year auction overnight. We've talked about inflation in China plus card spending for New Zealand. Uh, and of course, you know, later on in the week, uh, CPI and PPI for the US. That's what we're hanging out for. But that'll do it for now, I think. Good to talk, Taylor. Thanks, Phil. And that is how things are this Wednesday morning. This is the morning call from NAB. I'm Phil Dobby. I am back here again tomorrow morning. You can count on it. I'll see you then. Have a great day.